Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. Magic is power. Get out of my head, Steve Jobs! He's a ghost! He's a ghost! <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick, I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week as always, Mr. Jerry Me. What's up, Jerry? Oh, that was some interesting uh, inflections. I changed it up a little bit. Yeah, I threw I me for it a loop. It was, uh, you, you jostled me out of my rut, Pat. You know, <laughs> you know what it was? Is uh, I spent all day yesterday celebrating uh, Christopher Columbus Day. And, uh, and so I, I, yeah. just, I just got, I got a new energy with me today. You know, I just feel like I can, I can take whatever I see. Uh, the you know the the world is my oyster. You're just manifest destiny, all that stuff. You're just really selling that that boomer persona, Pat. You know, it's... <laughs> uh, yes. In the Discord today, people were saying I was a boomer, and I was very Cause, offended because you are a boomer. <laughs> I was very offended by that. You just said you were celebrating like Christopher Columbus Day, Pat. Like <laughs> I I say that people who are listening to this, I say that more tongue in cheek than you realize. Uh, yep. So how was your Leaf Erickson day? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was great, man. I got my I finally so it's been really rainy up here in the Northeast uh, for the last few weeks. We had like four or five straight days of rain, and uh, my weekends are obviously very busy. Everyone knows, you know, my sports schedule and all that stuff. So uh, my yard work has been my yard has been untended to for weeks now. <laughs> and so yesterday I was finally able to get uh, get my front and backyard mowed. I took my uh, my gardens, like I have a couple um, raised bed gardens I have in the in the back, vegetable gardens and fruit gardens, and I closed all those down for the year and uh, mulched them up real nice, threw some threw some clippings in there and stuff, and gonna let them sit until uh, until the spring and uh, yeah, just get you know it's 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 a real pain in the neck, Jerry, to to let your grass get really long and then try to leaf blow. It's it's basically impossible to leaf blow with long grass. So the the secret to I'm holding keeping back. your yard looking looking mint is is a short grass in the fall. So many boomer jokes right now, Pat. You're just not you're not helping yourself. You're just digging the, the hole. It's deeper not boomer deeper. jokes. It's home it's homeowner <laughs> jokes. It's anything. Home and home and garden pat over here. <laughs> Listen, I like to grow I like to grow my own food so that when there is an apocalypse, I will have my own supply of food. Yeah. Uh, yep. Measuring out your uh, your legacy decks to take with you into the apocalypse, along with your no, those will be fuel for our our cooking fires. <laughs> oh, okay, a realist. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> listen, listen. I I understand that like those cards are it's only like... worth what people are willing to pay for them, and in the apocalypse, they are they are completely useless. They're they're more useless than money. <laughs> it's like you're stranded on a desert island. You can only bring what deck one deck with you. What is it? Uh, Battle of Wits. So I have more yeah, things. Exactly, to, uh... <laughs> that's exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I have more flammable objects to light my. Fires. Exactly. It's definitely a battle wits deck or Jerry or Jerry's actual sneak and show list, so I can enjoy burning every single foil in there. <laughs> it's not as it's not as a uh, it's not a great strategy, but it would be very satisfying. All right, good. I hope the, I hope the fume you choke on the fumes. <laughs> I just feel like I feel like in the apocalypse, most magic players are not the ones who are going to survive. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I just I don't think that. On the whole, magic players are equipped to survive an apocalypse. Yeah. I don't think most magic players are equipped to survive like a minor flood, <laughs> you know, or like yeah, a minor flood or, would be pretty devastating. For or you like right a, now. <laughs> a, a, a like a, a a snowstorm. I think I think most of us are not equipped for that. So I'm just I'm just getting ready, man. I'm getting ready. All right, all right. So is this why people listeners? call me a boomer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, bad. <laughs> 
<laughs> so um, what you been up to, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm great. I'm great. Uh, still been playing Legacy. Uh, you know, carrying the torch for at least one of us, right? <laughs> I I have literally had ze- like it's it's ter- it's terrible. It's zero time, but it's it's all good. I'm just taking a couple months off, and then I'll be back to it. Uh, three weeks. Three you know, weeks is the countdown now. You know what the trick is, Pat? My backyard is just asphalt. It's just completely paved over asphalt, so I have plenty of time to play Legacy. Wow, wow. <laughs> that just brings a tear to my eye. All that all that land is just like it, it, you know what? Like that's that's such a waste. It's such a waste. If you plow that over, no, you can I get put some nice my car on it. There. I put my car on it, Pat. My car oh. needs a place to you know. Oh, <laughs> well, that makes a little bit more sense. That makes a little more uh, sense. Well, if you turn that car into a bicycle, then you could have a garden. Oh, all right. Now we're we're walking back the boomer persona. I like it. Pat. I'm not a boomer. <laughs> like it's not. It's really going to bother me. I'm actually. You know, I'm going to the Discord and I'm going to start yelling at kids. Just, Excuse yep. me. Good. Uh, that perfect. Walk back that boomer attitude by yelling at kids to get off your porch. <laughs> uh, well, Pat. To uh, to help us reel us back to uh, the sanity of legacy, uh, uh, I invited a very special guest on today. Well, I wasn't aware of this. I did, I did. I I kind of act independently. I don't really ask your permission for things. As Jerry, you know. you know I don't like these things sprung up in me. I haven't even prepared the house yet for guests. <laughs> what if I told you though that he is coming to us with a fun and witty deck with a very interesting legacy name, as is tradition. Well, legacy names are what we're all about in this show. Obviously. It's true. Legacy is deck it names. is it. Is it breakfast themed? Uh, I guess if you have seafood for breakfast, so like <laughs> your typical Cape Codder. So yeah, it's a Cape Cod breakfast. We have uh, Eric on, Eric Freytag, inventor of Eric's Crab Shack. What's up, man? <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? <laughs> not bad, not bad. So uh, yeah, is our crabs for breakfast? Can you just answer that real fast? Absolutely, absolutely. Dungeness crab Benedict, hundred <laughs> percent. That's a wow. Yeah, actually, that is a great Cape Cod breakfast. Some crabs Benedict. I'd take that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have that every morning. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Thanks for uh, coming back on, Eric. Uh, yeah. We had yeah. you on. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I, think it was, I think it was almost two years ago, I want to yeah, say. I was thinking about that. I think it was like I think it was like April of 2016 or so. Whoa. So, yeah, that's, two or three years ago. Yeah, that's crazy. crazy. And uh, so last time we had you on was to talk about your, uh, your company, Puka Trade, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that was the last time. So catching up with you, uh, like what what's been going on since we last had you on? Oh man, a lot. Jeez, it's it's actually really crazy to think back on uh, you know how much has has happened in the time since we were, I was last on. I actually went back and listened to our old podcast. I don't know if you guys have done that. <laughs> really? Wow, <laughs> it's pretty good, man. It's pretty good. We, yeah, that was we way before about... we jumped the shark too. So. <laughs> Dude, we talked about all sorts of stuff. We talked about seed time. That was like the oh, hot yeah. tech we were exploring. <laughs> seed time is always the hot oh, tech. Oh, we, we talked about Lich, too. Yeah, we did That's talk right. about Lich. Yeah, we talked about that for a while. Oh, man. Wait, was Lich, that with, I still have Lich. Do we still have... Was that with Adrian still in the cast, too? No. Yeah, was? it was. Oh and God. actually, I found myself wondering, like, what, what happened to him? He, I don't know. He walled himself into his bathroom during a home repair. We haven't heard from him since. <laughs> I think he actually just ran a tunnel to the center of the earth and he's living with all the mole people. That's my personal theory. They're not mole people, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, They're sorry. Pleiadians. That's... They're Pleiadians, Jerry. <laughs> 
You know, you know me and, you know, proper political names for people. Canadian mole no, person. No, Pleiadians, not Canadians. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> that makes more sense. Same thing. Same More people, Canadian people, all the same. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one, though. It was, it was a good cast. I'd encourage anyone to go back and, and listen to that. Uh, but, yeah, crazy. It's been, like, quite a roller coaster ride since then certainly a lot has happened but yeah pat i do have the lich deck still that's it's, awesome I'm still i'm still rocking that thing actually it just got some spicy new tech from uh wish claw talisman really I yeah like that. you know it's a combo deck you need either either one or two pieces you need lich or children of Corliss. <laughs> so you know while you're sitting there counting to four playing one swamp at a time you might as well throw a wish claw talisman out there <laughs> oh my gosh so i just looked it up it was episode 37 i was like this is only like my third or fourth episode with the podcast when you were on. That's wild. Oh, 37. And you guys are at what, like 250 now? 258? Something like that. We're, is, we're, yeah. We're something like 259, I think this is, nice. maybe? Two, yeah, this is 259 because 258 was Modern Horizon sucks. <laughs> 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 well, holy shit, guys! Much respect for that. That's that's a long time a to long be running the podcast. Ago. My goodness, dude! A, a lot of people drop off. There's a lot of podcasts that don't don't go the distance. I I had a podcast that uh, you know is one such cast, <laughs> but uh, pretty impressive that you guys have been been keeping going at it. It's been enjoyable up until today when people started <laughs> calling me a boomer. <laughs> uh, uh... That's my favorite new meme. I'm going to make a t-shirt with that. Pat's a boomer. No one's going to know what it means. Oh, that's my Halloween costume. I was going to go. Well, actually, I can't can't spoil my costume on here. But I had a costume. But now I might just have to be a baby boomer. Uh, I like how you posted on Twitter. I need costume ideas for chubby bearded men. And someone just said, go as Jerry. (laughs) That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Uh, but let's let's get into it, Eric. So what's what's been going on? Uh, tell us tell us about Puka Trade. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I mean, I'll just I, I feel like a decent place to start is actually where we left it off last time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, like when so when you guys had me on the cast last time, like things were kicking ass. Like quite frankly, like it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride. Uh, but back then, um, trades were flying. We had I think around that time I was looking back at it. I looked like we had about 35,000 monthly active traders. So it was like 35 individuals who were trading every month. And um, and it was great, you know, like it was, cards would fly off your want list very quickly. Um, so it was actually during that time that we were, um, from like a development standpoint, kind of locked up in a project. Um, we had just uh, succeeded in uh, raising a round of funding from uh, like a crowdfunding platform, Indiegogo. Um, to build a bunch of things that our community had asked for. They're like really cool features that we were super excited about, like support for non-English cards, support for cards of different condition, kind of a mobile responsive website that worked on your phone, and even just like basic messaging stuff. Like the site had none of that, right? Mm-hmm. And there, it was it was cool to go back and listen to that cast because I think what really shined through is just the overwhelming excitement that we all had, and certainly that I had at that time, you know? It was cool to see the success and see it doing what it was supposed to do and hearing about all these people that were building like awesome legacy decks on the site. It was amazingly inspiring and it's something I'll never forget. And uh, so, you know, while we were kind of, you know, 
knee deep, like wading through all these like pretty big features that we were trying to build, you know, we were we put ourselves in the situation where we we had committed to. Um, I, I'm not see if I could do, say this without getting too technical, but there's essentially two two ways to build a a uh, technology product project. One is waterfall, and one is agile. And by now, probably a lot of people have heard of agile development. It's the idea that you kind of just build like one little thing at a time, like one small feature at a time, mm -hmm. and then put it out into the wild and you know see how it does, nurture it a little bit, fix it if there's if it's a little buggy, and then move on to the next one. And and that's pretty much how all technology products are are made now, just in you know small bite-sized pieces where updates are happening you know pretty frequently, usually in like one or two week sprints. So back then, I didn't know that. I'm just going to say that. Like, I'm, I'm. This is my first technology company that I've ran to any success, and certainly the farthest that I'd, I had taken a company at that time. And so, you know, we did it waterfall style, which is basically not agile, right? That's where you commit to like, a, essentially a final product. Like, um, in this case, it was five pretty massive features that we all wanted to jam into the same you know, into the same release. And then we worked on it for what we thought would be about like six to eight months. Mm -hmm. But it turns out that it, it actually took about, about a year and a half or two years wow. to maybe not two years, but it was like at least a year and a half to build all the stuff that we wanted to build. And so the problem with that was that we, we got to, the, we got in the situation where every time that we would build something that we felt was like important that we had to release on the live site, we would then have to build it a second time on the new new site, mm -hmm. on the new site we were working on, the rebuild, right? So it just we got into the situation where we kept pushing the deadline of the new site back further and further, whilst not at the same time not really being able to update the live site with new features that we wanted. And I say all this because one of the most important features that in retrospect I wish that we were building at that time is point sinks, right? For those who don't know, Puka Trade works on a. I think everybody knows what Puka Trade is, so I'm not. I'll spare the. You know, I won't. I won't give the whole whole story. But essentially, it's a site that trades on virtual currency, right? The idea is that every card has a value, and if you send a card to somebody, you'll just receive virtual currency equivalent to that value, which is great when there's like a nice equilibrium between you know traders sending cards and currency in the system. But the downside is that if that falls out of whack at all, if there's too much currency for the number of traders who are in it, it starts to feel like inflation, essentially, that trade slows down, right? People aren't as willing to send, especially high value cards as they once were, because they have a high supply of Puka points. They have all the points they need, right? So now at this time, while we were kind of locked up in this big development project, we knew, we knew that we had to do this. We knew that we had to build these point sinks, but everything was still going really well, right? Like there were still tons of trades and every single time that we put like a new batch of points into the system, we saw that trade spiked because at that at time, at that time, there probably wasn't an equilibrium of points on the other end of things. There weren't enough points in the system. So every time we put them in, we saw trade spike. And, and so, so when you mean sinks, it's talking about like faucets and sinks. Like it's uh, so points entering the system are coming from the faucet and you lacked the sink to basically withdraw those points. So it didn't overheat the economy. Exactly. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But in that time, while we were sort of essentially scheduling our development time and allocating our, our, our work, uh, we, we did, it didn't feel like the economic stuff was the most important. 
we knew again we knew we had to build it but what felt like the most important was all these awesome features that we knew our community wanted and frankly that we wanted well yeah you're also you're also a tech company so it's like oh new cool features that's exactly what tech people want (laughs) i know i know totally and you know like there are things like the the ability to not not having the ability to just message your trading partner was huge you know like that's we had to have that not having condition support and like non-english support these are important well yeah because you know so puka trade was so groundbreaking when it came out there wasn't really any other service out there that uh that you could really work on that level with yeah yeah that's true and you know in its early days it was essentially just like a spreadsheet in the cloud and it, you know it's funny i think so i think some people romanticize that like oh i wish it was like version one, you know, but I don't think they remember. Like, <laughs> this is basically a Google Doc spreadsheet that we're all just yeah. updating. <laughs> Dude, it really was. It was that. There was like send buttons on cards, and that, other than that, man, that's about it. <laughs> all right, so, guys, honor system. <laughs> yeah, oh. I know. So anyway, like, long story short, um, you know. This this big waterfall project that we were working on started taking longer and longer, and the economic the economic situation got a little bit more and more dire. And finally, we realized we were in this this hell where we couldn't update the live site, and we we're just like, we just have to launch the new version. We just have to get it out there so that we could start. We can move to this agile system where we could start fixing things on a week to week basis, mm-hmm. right? And so we did that, and it was probably premature, and it was buggy, and it was unusual, and you know, people, you know, people didn't have the, you know, the hype that that we we had hoped for, and that frankly we had expected, and, um, you know, I think, I think some people were a little bit fed up at that point, mm-hmm. you know, they were like, you know, trade slowing down a little bit, and now everything looks different, and I just want my old site back, and why isn't it everything like it like it like it usually was, and so people left, right? And that kind of put us into a little bit of a tailspin where like people leaving kind of exacerbated the the economic problems. And, you know, even though we, you know, put out these essentially five different point sinks, the first thing, the moment that the, um, the, the new site was launched, this sort of damage had kind of been done. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, we dropped, we fell, we, we lost a lot of, a lot of traders in a pretty relatively short amount of time. Mm. And, uh, we went from about 35,000 monthly active traders to now what we have today is about, I think it's about 1500 or 2000. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it was, it was a very, I think it was a very challenging thing for everyone on the team Um, you know, of course, when that happens, like, you know, the monthly subscriptions dry up and you have to start tightening your belt and making, you know, financial concessions. Um, and you know, there were numerous times where, you know, we had to make hard cuts and that, um, you know, the people who were working on the project had to, you know, go find other sources of income, myself included. And I remember for myself, it was, it was a very hard day to have to make that decision. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, shit. I I was actually, I gotta go get a day job. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Well, I was actually thinking about living in a van for a while. You know, I was like, if I just, (laughs) I know it sounds ridiculous now, but I was like, if I just like get rid of my apartment and cut my expenses down. I just get a van. I don't have to pay rent in the Bay area and then just eat ramen or whatever. And then, uh, fortunately I had a, I had a good friend who, uh, had some entrepreneurial experience and he's like, dude, don't, 
live in a van. Just <laughs> Good guy, but that's solid advice. If I could only give you one piece of advice, Eric, don't live in a van down by the river. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so anyway, yeah, long story short, um, we decided that, that Puka Trade was worth worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. And we realized that the way to fight for it was to uh, persevere. Uh, you know, we had made these point sinks and we could see that every month now we are pulling out more points than we're putting in. Uh, and so if you if you walk that forward far enough, uh, the end result is that eventually the equilibrium r- will return. Like as long as you are putting pulling more points out than putting in, eventually mm-hmm. equilibrium will return. And so, you know, we kind of said, like, well, what do we what do we do? Like, how do we how do we last as long as possible? And we all realized that first and foremost, we had to get our finances in order, which meant, you know, going out and getting office jobs or whatever. Uh, and then um, just working, having just every person, every founder, every founding member of the team ask the question, you know, what is, what can I contribute, right? Like, what is a reasonable amount of anything, time, work, money, whatever, that I can contribute to this project that's not going to leave me feeling burnt out and exhausted and taken advantage of. And, um, you know, it's a very unusual situation in that, um, you know, it's it's a company where everyone is sort of accountable to their own sense of responsibility. And um, But that's what we've done, actually, for the last, God, it's been, what has it been, a year or two, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and we, you know, we all do what, what it, what it takes to keep, keep the lights on and make improvements and progress where, where we can. And there have been some, you know, some pretty cool features that we've built in, in the time. And, you know, the pace of development is not what it once was, but, uh, the site is still there mm-hmm. and there is still 1500 people trading on it. So I, I think that feels like a win in some ways. Yeah. I feel it's important. People know that because I, th- there's a different generation of magic players out there now. That's true. Uh, who probably don't even know. Like, we kind of took for granted at the beginning. You know, we figured everyone knows about Bukatray. But, you know, there's definitely people who have started playing in the last year who just maybe have never heard of Bukatrade. So I, it, all about kind of getting it out to, there to people. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, with that, um, you know, I know you guys You guys didn't invite me on to talk about Puka Trade. And uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we, no, we don't have to spend too much time on it. But I, one thing I do want people to know, I want your listeners to know if they're thinking about checking it out, is that it's it's it requires work, right? The Puka Trade of today requires more work than it did back then. And what I mean by that is like you there's there's a learning curve, right? It's not how it once was where you just put cards on your want list and then instantly they'll be sent to you as long as you have points. Um, I'll just point out very quickly that one of the things that we implemented was the system of promoted trades, right? The idea of a promoted trade is that you can set your own price for it, right? So let's just say that you there's a, a, a scalding tarn that you want for like 80 bucks, which would be 8,000 Puka points, right? And Maybe if you just put that on your want list, people might not send it to you because they're like, ah, I want to hold on to my Scalding Tarn. It's a great card and I might use it. So with a promoted trade, you can add a bonus to that, like 20%, 50%, whatever you want, based on how much you want it, as an additional incentive for someone to send it to you, right? And that's a huge part of the site now. It's a huge part of it. And what, like one thing I actually learned throughout the Puka Trade pro- process as I've was meeting and talking to people who were on the site is that there is a massive number of magic players in this world that have just no interest in that whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> like one of the, I think one of the, one of the things that 
some of the feedback that I got from people is that like the greatest thing about Puka Trade was not having to care about prices or follow them or track them in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Like I just get points, put shit on my list, and then walk away from my computer and stop paying attention, and cards just sort of appear in my mailbox. And so I guess I would just make sure I, – I just really want to make sure your listeners understand that that's not the reality of today. And if you are interested in checking out the site, drop drop by Discord. Like, you know, introduce yourself to some of the folks who are trading on there now and just say, you know, hey, how's it going? I'm here to learn, like, what's the best way to do this right? And there's a great community of people there that would be happy to coach you still. And, uh, you know, there, there is trading that, that happens there, but I just, I just want to be totally open and honest and transparent with your listeners around yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. One thing I do always find fascinating about the magic community is that like businesses sprout up from this other business card game. Like right today <laughs> I got in the mail, uh, my bearded MTG, uh, beard bomb, <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's magic themed beard bomb. I mean, it's not magic themed because you know licensing and all that. But it's this it's this guy. It's on Etsy, and he uh he just really likes making beard bombs. So he made like a bunch of sweet beard bombs, and they're all magic themed. Like I got priest, which is van- van- <laughs> vanilla citrus beard bomb pad. It's quite sensual. You'll be smelling it in the booth at the uh, Leaving a Legacy open all day. So, so you're telling me that if I want to smell like a priest, van- vanilla and. Cit- Vanilla and citrus. Wow, I can't talk. <laughs> but it's just like another example. Of just like there are so many people out there who have like poured their lives into magic. And usually when we say that, we talk, we think about like the grinders, the pro players, the card dealers, the shop owners. But there's also just like a whole subset of magic people who are just like magic entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. Well, I mean, you know, it's there's so many people that play this game in the world now that stuff like this can exist. And, you know, commerce is such a big part of the game, too. You know, you think about, like, cracking a box of boosters, right? Whether you're just doing it for fun or having a draft or whatever. You crack a box of boosters and maybe you get, like, four to eight cards that you actually want and will use. <laughs> like, all that other stuff is just extra. <laughs> yeah, if you think about it, too, a lot of Magic players are really lending themselves to the business world. Like, I don't know how many, like, golf players for their hobby calculate the ev of buying a new set of clubs (laughs) the way like magic players calculate the ev of like oh i'm gonna get this booster box or this booster box (laughs) oh yeah dude absolutely it's non-stop i think about non-magic things in terms of of magic oh yeah like i had to get my car fixed and i'm like fuck that's like 10 beta fast bonds (laughs) (laughs) well even just things about like like tempo and things like that like there's so many lessons that you can apply to just business not just business but every everyday life basically from magic dude absolutely absolutely that's been actually a really really crazy realization uh, to have throughout my life as well um for a while before i was uh you know doing puka stuff i was um doing video editing like for like movies and commercials and stuff like that and the process of deck building taught me so much about how to be a good editor because it's it's really similar like it, in the world of editing you have like this massive amount of footage right and then you have to cut it down to the the best of the best and you have to like r- make really really tough choices about like good scenes to kill so that it fits in the time constraints that you're working with and i seriously when i was doing that i'm like i'm using the exact same part of my brain that i use when i build decks hmm yeah Definitely. For me, uh, at my work, uh, there's a lot of debates that we'll have about, you know, 
uh, curriculum changes, uh, like like law change, all this other, all basically they're just a bunch of things that are need to be interpreted and argued about. And I've just internalized Flores is who's the aggro in in these debates, and it's just like the pacing of an argument and like knowing when to turn someone and when to take advantage of certain moments. Like it's just crazy how it applies. Yeah, no, that's that's who's the beatdown man. Yeah. That happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, no, we cannot fund that. Bolt to the face. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, well, yeah, let's get into Eric's Crab Shack because once we saw this list, we definitely wanted to have you on, and I do want to spend a good amount of time on it. So let's <laughs> let's dive right into that. Let's do it. And you know, first things first, I want to say I'm kind of surprised that you guys wanted to have me on the cast because this is not a legacy deck. <laughs> yeah. Very much, you're playing vintage with Hedron Crab Man. We're having you on, <laughs> <laughs> leaving a legacy orphanage. <laughs> Hey, it's, we, we accept, we accept, uh, players of all, uh, formats. We are a equal format crowd. Oh, well, next time I'll come on and talk about standard then. Not standard. (laughs) Never standard. (laughs) And you, and you, and not you. (laughs) Oh yeah, man. Well, I'm happy to talk about it. This deck is, was, is fun as shit. It has been so fun to play and so fun to build and, uh, you know, it, I, it's, it's just been a joy. So definitely excited to just chat about it for a while. <laughs> definitely. So yeah, this is a, this is a deck of, of your invention, I believe. Uh, and you went undefeated at the vintage challenge with it. Yeah. So the first thing I'll say is that the, so it is up on goldfish and I do see that it says six O during the challenge, which is strange to me because the challenges are, and they're, they're eight round tournaments. Right. Uh, okay, that makes more sense then. I'm like, I thought it was, I thought six was short, but I'm like, ah, oh, it's vintage. Maybe they don't, they didn't get enough people. But okay, so it was eight rounds. Yeah, I, I don't know why. It, it, and I look back at all challenges, and they're reported this way. It's as if two losses are just omitted from every single challenge, and <laughs> they're just like, ah, oh, it's vintage. Like you're just gonna lose two times, like no matter what. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's probably some reason for it that people understand, but I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't realize what it is. <laughs> All right, cool. So were, uh, so you went, uh, you went six two in the challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went, uh, I went five one, which was good enough to get into top eight, and then I got my first loss in the top eight, and then you know ended up in seventh place. Oh, so in that case, they're probably only they're only reporting Swiss. That's probably why they're not reporting the top eight. So... Got you. So they just like count up your total wins, and then oh wait, yeah, yeah I... because you went five one in the Swiss. Yeah, no, never mind. My theory just went out the door. Yeah. I don't know. It's all very confusing. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> guys, okay, I never so got to do my song. Uh, what? Sorry, Pat. Oh yeah, uh, guy. Before we started recording tonight, Pat was like, "Guys, I have a song for it. I'm really excited." I'm like, oh, don't, it's 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 don't crab worry, shack, but, can... but but done to love shack by the B52s. But you can do your song because you know I I like seeing the light in your eyes as you you find. Joy I, I just feel like my moments. I feel like my moments pass, and I have to put it in post. It's it's uh, yeah. You can put it in post. Yeah. You can put it in post. Yeah. No, I want, I want to hear it now. It's the Crab Shack, baby. <laughs> I don't know if it's really safe to call that a song. Yeah, was that a song? That was more like a lyrical turn of phrase. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even a stanza. You know what, guys? I'm trying to bring the creativity to this podcast, and you just keep putting me down. I can't handle it. 
No, it was a really great stand. Uh, now, now yeah, you're just humoring me, and I appreciate that. <laughs> but <laughs> sorry, continue. So, can I just say? Can, can I just say? Like, my favorite part about this entire Eric's Crab Shack ordeal is imagining someone who doesn't really know very much about magic <laughs> somehow landing on this page where that has the price of, in online and paper yeah, and being like, what the fuck is Eric's Crab Shack and why does it cost $39,000? You could buy a Crab Shack for that amount. <laughs> you could open a Crab Shack on Cape Cod. That is, that is startup capital right there for your own Crab Shack. This crab shack must be good. It's worth a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh boy. Awesome. Well, okay. So let's let's get into the list. So vintage challenge, uh, four hedron crab right off the bat. There we go. Big pop of crab. <laughs> uh, one ancestral recall. One brainstorm because it is restricted. Uh, wait, wait, wait. So let me actually do this in a way that I think is going to make more sense to okay, your listeners. Okay, perfect. Okay, yeah. so I'm, I'm just going to break the there, – there's a couple broad categories of card in this deck, so I'll just kind of talk about them in that context. Perfect, yeah, so, yes. Cool. So the first thing to know for, for everybody is that this is a combo deck. This is um, basically exploiting Fast Bond, um, of which there's four of in the deck, uh, with – landfall type abilities and bounce lands right so like here, here's the whole thing with fast bond like there's actually some pretty serious deck building limitations to fast bond because if you think about it let's just imagine the dream right you see this in your opening hand and you cast it and it resolves right okay very cool now how many lands are you do you have in your hand like three maybe four so okay let's just say there's three you know you gas out three lands and you have like you know, a couple cards left, right? So you have essentially expended a card to get three mana in play on turn one. But the thing to know with Vintage is that it's filled with free artifacts. It's filled with Moxes and Lotuses and Mana Crypts and Soul Ring, like all these things that just essentially have free mana acceleration built in. They don't require another card, right? So with Fast One, it ex you have to expend a card just to do that and what that means is that it's not just enough to, to to let it ramp you right you have to you have to essentially be able to do something extremely impactful with the three lands that you just played right and so that's really where the bounce lands comes in right so it has uh, seven bounce lands in the form of um four copies of a boro palace in the clouds uh, for those that don't know this is just like an island that it's a legendary land that comes into play untapped <clears throat> And you could tap it for a blue. And you can also pay one colorless and, and no tap, just one colorless at any time to return it to your hand, right? I see so, a combo. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. So essentially, like, so then it has those in the Simic Bounce lands that do enter tapped, but make two lana, mana. And whenever they come into the battlefield, you get to bounce a land back to your hand. So you can, just like in the Amulet Titan combo, you can play Golgari Rot Farm or Simic Growth Chamber and just return it right back to your hand. So essentially what those cards are doing, if you resolve a fast bond, is giving you 19 land drops, right? You can play essentially 19 lands going down to one before you die. Uh, so uh, the obvious choice to me was to look for, you know, things that can kill people mm -hmm. with that. And Hedron Crab is actually the best one. Uh, it's actually pretty incredible that it's a one drop. I mean, this is essentially it really what... is. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> 
my my buddy Mike loves his mill decks, like it's his pet deck, and he's been on Hedron Crab for years. So I've like always had a little appreciation for the little crab guy. And then uh it started seeing play when uh Hogak got printed, and, I'm, and everyone's like, Oh, this card's amazing. I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, crab is the real deal. It is the real fucking deal. So actually, just this deck, what I would do, I, I actually had this deck before Fastbond was unrestricted. I was working on it even just when you could have one copy of Fastbond. And I would just try to go like dig it up with Demonic Tutor and Vampiric Tutor and stuff like that. But also Regrowth, because Hedron Crab can mill either player. And I don't do this anymore, but I'm just saying this kind of shows how powerful and pivotal Hedron Crab is. And what you would do is play Hedron Crab and then like crack a fetch, mill yourself for six, and then... Oftentimes, that you would just put a fast bond into your graveyard, and you could just regrowth and play it, and then kill them with the hedron crab. So it was like kind of like this dual role player that was like insane card advantage by filling up your graveyard, and actually the win condition once you found what you needed. Yeah, and then also I don't think we mentioned it. Hedron crab's ability it's one blue for a zero two crab, and as landfall whenever land enters the battlefield, target player puts the top three cards of their library into their graveyard. And yeah. if you haven't picked up on a crab versus plus fast bound, which allows you to pay one life to play an extra land, uh, plus Oberu Palace in the Clouds, because Oberu can just tap for blue immediately and pay to bounce itself. Exactly. So as, yep. soon, as soon as you get those three cards, you can instantly mill out your opponent. Totally. And, it you know, they have drawn seven. So uh, you can actually do this with 18 life uh, because 17 activations of Hedron Crab uh, is going to put you at one and mill them for 54. So you pass with their zero cards <laughs> in the library and they just die. It's perfectly lined up. <laughs> it's kind of silly how well it works, actually. It's like, did someone plan this? Did someone think about this? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, so, that's awesome. Yeah, man. So it's pretty cool. And so just to, for a little extra redundancy, um, it's got three copies of Retreat to Hagara. So there are actually two other cards with landfall that can kill someone on the spot with, you know, infinite bounce lands. Um, that is Retreat to Hagara and Horn of Greed. So I'll just I'll just read Re Retreat to Hagara real quick. So this is um, a enchantment for two and a black uh, from Battle for Zendikar. And it says it has two landfall abilities. The first is says whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, choose one. <clears throat> Target creature gets plus one O and death touch until end of turn. Or each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. Oh. So, I mean, pretty incredible because it just negates all the damage of fast bond while still just draining them out to death. Right. I mean, basically you're trading. It's almost a cleaner kill than Hedron Crab because you can do it even if your opponent, you know, has an Emrakul in their library. So their graveyard would reshuffle. Uh, or if they, like, for whatever reason in Vintage, you're playing that kid with the 65-card main deck vintage deck. <laughs> well, those are... <laughs> yes, those are fair points. I will say that nobody nobody plays Hebrickle in Vintage. <laughs> Not even the but, uh, Survival of the Fittest decks? I, no? No, no, no. But the far more more common reason to go for Hagar is if you take damage, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, there are, there are actually decks that will reduce your life total pretty quickly, Survival being a great example of them. Um, not necessarily Jeskai, but, like, there's a blue-red Delver deck that puts a lot of pressure on your life total. And sometimes it just takes you a couple turns to assemble the combo. So, you know, not unreasonable that you'll fall below 18 life and in those situations you just audible into the retreat to hagara plan um once hedron crab ceases to be like an actual kill uh, the last thing i'll mention is that you can crop rotation into glacial chasm 
and that that will negate all damage to Fastbond because I don't know why, but Fastbond <laughs> oh, yeah. is That's keyworded a... as yeah, no, yeah, Fastbond is keyworded being... as damage. <laughs> that that was like an old school thing. Like that would that's like real old school doing fastbound plus uh glacial chasm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's really crazy that it's keyworded that way. Like ancient tomb too. Ancient tomb is damaged, so you'll take no damage to that. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. So that's that's essentially the core of the deck. That's what you're trying to do. Um so three copies of Retreat to Hagara, four of Hedge on Crab, and then seven bounce lands in a crop rotation. So there's tons of redundancy and it's very, very easy to to get this in your opening seven. Um the harder thing is fast bond. So a lot of the deck is um is actually geared towards finding it. Uh you have a copy of Demonic Tutor and Vampiric Tutor, and then like a whole host of like pretty good blue cantrips and draw spells you have one ancestral one time twister uh brainstorm ponder preordain gush and then merchant scroll and mystical tutor which almost always just go find ancestral right yeah. uh so fast bond's really the linchpin of the deck because you have alternate win conditions but there isn't really any alternate out there for fast bond 100 percent. so that's why the remaining 12 cards are dedicated to defending it uh so the first thing to note is that this is a turn one deck. <clears throat> you 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 are trying to kill them on turn one. And the reason for that is that the longer the games go, the more disruption they're going to have access to. So on turn one, let's just assume for a second you're going first. On turn one, they can only have Force of Will, Force of Negation, or maybe a Mind Break Trap to disrupt you. Disrupt you. And by turn one... Now Spell Pierce is online, and Pyroblast is online, and a whole host of other one-drop disruption spells, you know, come into play, right? So the longer the games go, the more likely our combo is to, to be disrupt, disrupted. So the entire deck is geared towards going off on the first turn, or maybe the second turn if possible. So the the best way to do that is with three free, uh, free counter magic. You have uh, three copies of Force of Will. And then four copies of Days. And Days is just completely absurd in this deck. It's like completely insane. It is a one card force of will that ramps you one mana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel Days is Days in this deck reminds me of Days in Stasis, where you're like, the bouncing oh, yeah. the land is actually what I'm playing this for. Like <laughs> Totally. Totally. Like you, you daze a spell and your opponent has three mana open. They're like, okay, pay for it. I'm like, nah, I did I just I just wanted to bounce this land. <laughs> <laughs> I know, dude. It's it's incredible. Every single time. Oh my god. It is so tasty to daze a force of will where they like, you know, you cast fast bond off a tropical island and they force of will pitching force of will and you just daze that. You're like, oh god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a legal high right there. Oh yeah. <laughs> legal high. Good. <laughs> so then, okay. Other free counter magic is uh, mental misstep as a one of. And then after this, we get into the stuff where we have to start actually paying mana for things. Uh, so we got two copies of Flusterstorm, one Spell Pierce, and a Duress. Only a single Duress. Yeah, just one. Just one. You know what? That, um, it's, that Duress... It, oh, you also read the Demonic Tutor, so it's not like you're... Okay. Oh, and the Rachita Hagara. Never mind. There's more black cards than I originally thought. <laughs> yeah. So the Duress was actually um, originally a Gataxian probe, hmm. which, you know, seems great in a combo deck, except when you realize that Paying two life oftentimes will take you off the Hedron Crab plan. Oh, so, true. So even things like, I mean, you're running the Surgical Extraction on the sideboard, but that 
that surgical extraction you really have to think about. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, so I want to talk about surgical in a minute, um, but the yeah, so the thing with the thing with the, so there were two things with the Cataxian probe. The first is that it does life, you know, damages you, and the second is that every single time I Cataxian probe someone, inevitably I'm like, oh god, <laughs> look at all this fucking shit. You know? <laughs> so much hate that you got to wade through and i just realized like just getting rid of one thing is so much better than drawing a card <laughs> um cool yeah i mean that's about it yeah the, uh, i think the a couple other cool things that i should mention um what one of the um one of the cool things about aboro is that because of how it's keyworded it's almost impossible to wasteland so you know let's just say you're on the bounce land plan for a second like you have um you know, the Golgari rot farms and Simic growth chambers, if they're holding up wasteland, they can actually stop your combo because you play the bounce land and with the trigger on the stack, they can wasteland it. That's not possible with a Boro because all you have to do is hold up one mana for every wasteland they have. So how it works is, you know, you activate the Aboro and they wasteland it and you just f tap another land. You just f make mm -hmm. another mana and put another activation of a Boro on the stack <laughs> that's gross <laughs> i know it's totally gross and it happens all the time <laughs> okay yeah fair and, then... and honest magic right there <laughs> <laughs> and then a lot of times they'll try to pithing needle it right they'll try to pithing needle a boro but then uh golgari rot farm and simic growth chamber are not affected by pithing needle so there's like this really nice you know, it, it's not just redundancy in that you have essentially seven copies of the same thing, but you happen to have seven copies or two ways of going off that are actually pretty resilient to all the hate you would expect to see in Vintage. Um, the other major blocker can be Thalia Heretic Cathara, which is, um, you know, I think it's a two or three of in White mm -hmm. Eldrazi. And so that stops Oboro because you can no longer, it, you know, since Thalia makes it come into play mm -hmm. tapped, you can't tap it for mana to bounce it back to your hand. So you can only bounce as many times as you happen to have mana up. But with the Golgari Rot Farms and Simic Growth Chambers, that it's on, they come into t play tapped anyway, and they just continue to bounce, bounce themselves to your hand. So a lot of the hate that this deck naturally sees, it's actually pretty resilient to. And you can just audible into a different huh. plan like relatively easily. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. The only other two things I'll say before we dive into the sideboard is that you would be surprised how often Hedron Crab is a fair kill. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous, but like, you know, think about a deck like Dredge, right? Like Dredge Dredge like dredges half of its deck by turn mm -hmm. two. You know what I mean? So you look at it and you're like, oh, well, shit. Like, I can actually, you, you know, if you if you get two Hedron Crabs in play, which is happens all the time. Yeah. And you, you go, like, a play fetch, mill you six, crack fetch, mill you six, crop rotation, oh. crap <laughs> fetch. You know? I've chained together crop rotations and fetch lands to mill someone, like, 36 cards and knock with, like, three mana. <laughs> Hedron Crab, faster kill than Delver. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely no question about it no it's true i mean my buddy has a modern mill deck that circles around hedron crab and yeah that thing kills people fast dude like... it, it really does it really does so much so that i actually think that there's probably a version of this deck that just goes deep on the mill strategy and like um 
does you know does archive trap which is like a zero mana mill you for 13 well if and... you just if you oh yeah what's yeah so our he does our my buddy mike does archive trap trap as well which that is a gotcha it's like oh you're fetching mill 13 before like totally like, totally um, has anyone ever done that to you like when you cracked a fetch has they ever cast multiple archive traps against you <laughs> it is yes it's painful half it's, your deck two, yeah, I know. two archive traps is 26 cards which is <laughs> half insane. your deck <laughs> it's insane like i never th- thought i'd like be looking at a mill deck being like this isn't fair <laughs> <laughs> this is not fair magic how can you mill me that much oh it really is true <laughs> really is true <laughs> so the thing with vintage too that i think makes mill really interesting is that um decks are are notoriously threat light they're so threat light they're just packed with like all this like free like like low costed card draw and like free counter magics and all this stuff that they're just pitching like the the velocity of of vintage is insane so they're the decks are typically very threat light right it's vintage is so much about just like establishing card advantage and then eventually sort of like stumbling into whatever thing happens to kill them so the way I the way I picture vintage always is two players playing Russian roulette, pointing each other's guns at the other person, <laughs> furious furiously clicking through <laughs> until one of them gets the gets it to go off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like I think of it as like um, it's almost like uh, you know, I think it it is said. I think it's said very often that one of the big mis- biggest misconceptions in vintage is that it's a turn one format. You know, I mean, setting Eric's crab shack aside, um, <laughs> I actually don't think that's very true. It's a, you know, there's what happens is that there's almost like a decision compression or like a, a compression of the number of game actions that are happening in a turn. So that like, you know, the games go roughly as long as like a legacy game or any other format, really. It's just that mo- so much more stuff happens in a given turn. Right. It's like, yes, the game may only last one or two turns, but more magic happens in those one or two turns than in 10 rounds of a standard match. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You and, guys and, are best, You guys basically learned how to cut out the land go phase of magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's a very good way to put it, I think. <laughs> and it's pretty cool, too, because, you know, one of the things that that does is it gives you. A, a, t- a way more lines than you would otherwise have, right? Because if you look at your hand and you're like, okay, I have two mana in play and I can actually play my entire hand, the question then becomes like, not can I play my whole hand, but like how can I deploy it in the most effective possible way, right? Like, is this something I should counter? Is this something I should fight over? Should I deploy my draw spell right now? And so it, it is, it does feel like a very, a very skill intensive format and I've, I've been really enjoying it for that reason awesome yeah yeah i keep meaning to try vintage out and i know rich and dj are always dragging me kicking and screaming into vintage i really do need to uh to play online sometime yeah oh dude online it's incredibly accessible i think it's it's like cheaper than modern online yeah what is that point zero one percent of the cost of paper three three hundred dollars to thirty thousand dollars <laughs> yeah dude, it's pretty insane it's pretty insane yeah, and then that's... even paper i think that i think it's important that people know that paper is pretty accessible too i mean vintage is almost entirely a proxied format almost anywhere you would play with people you could you could play proxied you know 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, most places allow like 10 or 15 proxies. And with 10 or 15 proxies, you're shaving probably 95% of the cost off the deck. Absolutely. I don't know. Those Hedron crabs get pretty pricey. (laughs) I just, well, actually, yeah. I'm like, oh, Hedron crabs, uh, a a bulk uncommon, right? No. They're like five bucks each. Is that like, what? Are you serious? Is that a commander thing? No, dude, it's no, Eric's crab it shack. Uh, <laughs> actually, I think it was Hogak, but yeah, oh, we'll go with Eric's crab oh, shack. When when so when Hogak came out, there was uh there was like a rug version that ran Hedron crab, not rug, uh, bug version that uh, ran Hedron crabs. And I think that's when people really learned gotcha. about it. But yeah. uh, well, they I think also they didn't people audible into it after they banned faithless looting. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. that as well. Um, but yeah, going, it's funny going down this list of prices. So we have, uh, uh, 80 cents, $3, 50 cents, 15 cents, $18, a $1, $1.85, $3,511, <laughs> $17,834 for the black Lotus. <laughs> Are those, those have, those must hey. be like beta numbers though, right? Yeah. These must be beta numbers. Cause you can get unlimited for, uh, for a lot cheaper. Well, I mean, not, not a lot cheaper. You know yeah. what I mean? Relatively speaking. It's still a, right. probably a twenty thousand dollar deck, but yeah, it's still a twenty thousand dollar deck, forty thousand if you want to baller it out with beans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the last thing maybe worth touching on is the sideboard yeah. real quick. If people yeah. are, people let's are dive interested. into it. Cool. So, um, you got three copies of Hercules Recall, uh, which is largely for shops. I mean, it's pretty much only for shops actually. Um, shops is a pretty good matchup for us because I mean, fast bond is so well. I mean, if you think about what it does, a one mana spell that lets you dump all your lands into play, that's pretty well positioned against decks that are trying to tax your mana. Um, also, the combo nature of it, you just kind of like, you just go off mm-hmm. past it. Like once, you know, we don't have to cast a bunch of spells like a lot of the like Xerox types d- decks in the in the format where we're really trying to like chain together a bunch of free spells. We just need a couple to resolve and then it's all the lands take over from there. Um and then so um, two bind break traps, uh, which is a concession to paradoxical outcome. Um, I also bring one in against Jeskai, which is like the premier control deck in the meta, because you can do this really cool stuff with mind break trap, where like if you have an ancestral recall in your hand, you wait until their turn, until they've cast two spells, and then like if this, let's just say hypothetically the second spell is like a brainstorm or something, like you know moderately you know, something you don't really want to resolve. You can actually Ancestral holding up Mind Break Trap, and then if they try to counter your Ancestral, you get to Mind Break Trap (laughs) both the Counterspell and the Brainstorm. uh, Because Mind Break Trap says exile any number of target spells. I like that. I might have to try and finagle that into Legacy, because I run Mind Break Trap in my Sneak and Show sideboard sometimes. I like (laughs) that. (laughs) Yeah, I've, I've been pretty surprised with Mind Break Trap, actually. It's been better than I thought it would be. There's lots of weird little interactions like that that get that get pretty clutch. Um, and then, so, uh, four Surgicals and uh, three Ravenous Traps. So the traps are, there are a lot of graveyard decks um, in Legacy. Almost like every pseudo-combo deck um, is generally trying to exploit the, the graveyard in some way, shape, or form. Um, Dredge, obviously, Survival, uh, Dark Petition, Storm, even. The Ravenous Traps will go in against all that. And then Surgical actually is good against just about everything. I've, I've often thought that Surgical is almost good enough for the main board. Um, again, like if you look at a deck like Jeskai Dreadhorde, this is a, this is a control deck with six, six individual card slots devoted to win conditions. So three of those are actually um, 
Dreadhorde Arcanist, right? So, if, I mean, if you hit a Dreadhorde Arcanist off, a, off um, a Hedron Crab and then surgical it, that takes away half their ways to win. It's, like, pretty not bad. Um, and then it's also paradoxical, or it uh, surgical also hoses paradoxical outcome. Um, most PO players will scoop if they cast paradoxical outcome and you surgical it. Because, <laughs> they're, again, they're just, like, drawing into... They can't chain them together, and then they just have a bunch of mana rocks. There's not, like... Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. And then Dredge, Zeus Bond, um, Survival. Yeah, all, all these decks use the graveyard. So Surgical's been kind of a role player. Uh, and then um, two Pithing Needles um, turn off Bazaar of Baghdads, uh, which is pretty important. And then they can turn off Wastelands if you're seeing a deck with a ton of them. And then lastly, you got a Tabernacle that you can fetch uh, off the crop rotation. Um, that's going to largely come in for Dredge. Yeah, I was going to say, that's probably pretty good against a bunch of zombies. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, and just like Grow decks, Zero deck, Xerox-type decks that are playing Monastery Mentor and um, and all that stuff. Yeah, that's the deck. It's been really fun. I, I got to say, like, I, I've been I've been now tuning it. I've probably clocked about somewhere between, like, three and 500 games Jeez. with it. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you've had fun. success it, with it, it right? You went, it... you top eight of the last challenge, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 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 totally. And then the challenge the week before, I went four three, which was like 17th place or something like that. Um, but I actually just saw that a guy five would <laughs> too. Um, is it still is it still yeah. being referred to as Eric's yeah. Crab Shack when other people play it? Absolutely, that's awesome. absolutely <laughs> that's all. Awesome. Except no oh, yeah, substitute. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see. Uh, uh, Samurai iFun. Oh wait, the that's chat. me. Oh, that's just Samurai well. Fun, oh. Jerry. Samurai ends in an I. Okay. Yeah, this that's it's, right. it's not a new Apple, it's not a new Apple product. <laughs> is it bad that Apple has trained me to pattern recognize that? <laughs> I just put a second I in there yeah, because you did. You, yeah, Jerry. Last, get out of my head, you, Steve yeah. Jobs. He's a ghost. He's a ghost. I've been hearing things in my room at night. <laughs> That's probably just Adrian. We are in the we are in the spooky month, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, oh, so you actually, so you you placed twice with this. You went six zero with it, and then you also went four two with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the week before. Uh, and then, yeah, someone just hit me up in Discord. Was like, dude, I just five would with your deck, and I was like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Sick. <laughs> I got turned one. Someone turned one. It was the this is the most surreal thing in the world. I sit down I'm like, mm, I'm gonna play some vintage. Like, hop in a league. My first game is against against fucking Hedron Crab. The guy goes <laughs> the mirror. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the fucking mirror. The guy plays like one land fast bond. I'm like, uh oh. He plays a Bora. I'm like, what the fuck? He plays Hedron Crab and kills me. <laughs> Man, that is a that is a surreal experience when you brew a deck and then it's just like someone else, someone else just picks up your random pile of cards, and pushes your dick in with it. Look yeah. at me, I'm the captain now. I'm into it, man. That can happen as many times as it needs to. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, Jerry, I know you're thinking about getting into vintage, so you know, man, I, I think I might recommend the shack. This is this is my type of deck. Like I like none of the other really vintage decks drew to me. I kinda liked Jeskai, but at the same time I know learning a new format can the control deck is not really the deck you want to start with. <laughs> yeah. But uh I might have to try this. I was gonna try survival, but that kinda always reminded me more of Reanimator than the playstyle I like. I I do like this uh like a B uh, combo deck atmosphere here. Cool, yeah, definitely do. 
give it a shot and let me know how it goes. It, it's pretty fun. Like I enjoy it. I always gets my heart beating whenever I'm like <laughs> going off and <laughs> getting the getting all the land drops. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, should we start wrapping it up, gents? We're hitting about an hour yeah. now. Yeah, let's do it. It's uh, late where you guys are. Yeah, a uh, quick reminder. Uh, well, first of all, thanks to our newest patron, Alex, Axel Lupton. Uh, joined the Patreon last week. Wanted to give them a shout out. Uh, the next LAL Open is right around the corner, Jerry, October 26th. I hope everyone has their costumes ready. It's going to be a, it's going to be a good time. Hell yeah, I, I know wait. I do. Got wait. my neat Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle costume. <laughs> what what is the Tell me about the open cuz I'm a little out of the loop, I think. So we uh, we do like a quarterly open at one of our local game stores here. It's a, the Leaving Legacy Open. This is the fifth one we've hosted, I believe. Uh, yep. so so Jerry and I we stream it on Twitch. We do like a, you know, typical broadcast for for the store. Um, we we usually have between like 100 and 150 players for the for the opens. Uh, we 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 do a bunch of like uh, raffles, and we do um, like do the food drive we, raffles. Yeah, so we do food we raise... drives. We do yeah, exactly. We do door prizes. Uh, we always have like headhunter prizes where we'll buy a bunch of old packs uh, and hand them out to a few of our friends, and they basically, if you beat them in the Swiss, they you get to choose one of the packs they have. We've given out some cool packs. We've done like Mirage. Pat, this year, this year I'm feeling like we should do. Uh, old school block sets so people could maybe do a chaos, a chaos draft afterwards. I'm thinking like Ice Age block, uh Mercadian mass block. Yeah. Uh, get get some of those packs in there. I love it. Tempest block. It's my favorite yes. set. Tempest Stronghold Exodus are my favorites. I love those. Hell nice. Dude, that's a good choice. Yeah. Those are good good choices for they, sure. I just have so much <laughs> nostalgia. I think uh one of our friends, Rich Shea, he uh he does he like does um like collector he collects like entire sets. So we'll collect like mm. one of every card in a set, and I think I've been saying I've been wanting to do this forever. I think Tempest is the first set that I'm going to do. Collect. I know it's like a, a low money set, but just collect one near mint copy of every card in the set. Probably nice. in Japanese. Probably in Japanese, just to just to make it a little more fun. <laughs> just to flex a little bit. Yeah, just a tiny. Uh, bit. Uh, but yeah, we'll get some of those packs. Also, Pat, I got the trophy in the mail. So. Eric, for the trophy we get, we get this like nice wood base, uh, and then a little plaque that says like "Leaving a Legacy Open Champion," and then the trophy is actually a uh, like six-inch uh, Ultra Pro like card display, like plexiglass. And what we do is the winner of the tournament chooses their MVP card from their uh, their game their deck, and uh, we buy them a copy of it and encase it in the trophy. Oh, um, rad! That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, it's been really fun to do. We've been having a blast with the opens. There's been some great ones in there too. Yep. So, uh, like, really interesting MVPs. So the last one was Merit, and he won with his zoo deck, yep. and he put uh, Wild and the Cattle in there. Yep. Uh, the one before that uh, was uh, what is it? The misdirection, not the misdirection, like the Snapcaster spell. Yes. Uh. uh oh, jeez. The it's like one in a blue or blue blue mission briefing. It's, yeah, it's Mission briefing, yep. yeah, blue blue mission briefing. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. Ross McGee's uh, card, I believe, right? He it was on was. Yep. yep, exactly. And we've had exactly. Grape Shot. I know when Bryant took down the tournament, he put Grape Shot in there, <laughs> even um, though Grape Shot wasn't in his deck. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, we let him have it. It was it was close enough. He, yeah, he gets co- confused. It's been really fun though. The opens have been a ton of fun, and and uh, and we just love we love gaming, etc. They're like the big store in this area. Uh, they have an awesome play space there. Michelle's just fantastic. She's an absolute pillar of the community, and um, 
and yeah, we Jerry and I were just like we like, hey, we wanted to do something with the store, and and we don't get we don't get compensated for it. We literally we pay for the packs that we that we give out, and we we donate a lot of our own stuff to for the for the raffles and whatnot, and. And uh, it's just a ton of fun, man. We we have a blast with it, so I'm looking forward to it. Dude, that sounds yeah, great. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to get out there for one sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you and Badger should come take a trip. Let's go. Boston's an <laughs> Hell yeah. It's easy that to get in and out of Boston, for sure. Yeah, we do it We do it like every once every three or four months, yeah, really. We try to do it like, yeah, exactly. Nice. We try to do it, yeah, quarterly if we can. Ends up working out that way. Cool. Yeah, oh, that yeah. sounds great. Awesome. All right, well, you want to get into Scoops and Poops, Jerry? Let's do All it. All right. Uh, this week, I'm scooping in the New England Patriots. They are six and zero, starting the season off hot. They've had a kind of a soft schedule, uh, but uh, but it, we've been, I've been enjoying watching them win uh, week after week and just letting the salt from all the haters just like uh, pour all over me. It's it's delicious. All the tears from people saying that you know just just all kinds of insane things. It's it's hilarious. So uh, been enjoying their hot start. And uh, I you know what honestly I was gonna poop on the Browns because I'm sick of their quarterback. Uh, I just think he's he's just very overrated. There's been so much hype from the NFL about him, but uh, I'm gonna rescind that and I'm just gonna say no poops this week. But secretly, it's the Browns. Good. How about you, Jerry? Who are you scooping in the top eight? Uh, scoops in the top eight for me this week is first of all, Eric. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate uh, you sharing Crab Shack with us. Uh, and then I'm also going to scoop in uh, Joel Michael because he shared with me some great news today, Pat. Uh, actually, it was yesterday. Uh, Vantress Gargoyle, seeing play and legacy. It's happening, people. It's happening. Nice. <laughs> Is this the card you said was going to break the format? I didn't say it was going to break the format. Someone clip the audio, good... please. Send it into the show. Leaving a legacy at hipstothecoast.com. Please, if someone, yeah, maybe maybe I have selective memory, but I don't think that's the case. Pretty I sure you said uh, uh, ever... there's three days no, until this. The uh, thing is, this is, pure, this is perfect goddamn gaslighting. Jasper makes those goddamn <laughs> memes, and then everyone's just like, oh, that's reality. That happened. <laughs> so many. Every day, Eric, someone, uh, one of our friends... Puts a meme on Facebook, creates a new meme of Jerry, like this picture he took when he's out at, at, at Magic Championship, Bar- Mythic Championship Barcelona, out on the Pro Tour. Jerry took a nice picture of himself overlooking the ocean, and someone keeps putting me like just keeps memifying it just to rip on Jerry. And it's it's honestly it's like the best part of my day is when that gets updated. I usually like them too, except when people remember them as fact. And now I'm fighting a propaganda Jerry, listen, war. Pal, this this world we live in is all about revisionist history. Just, just remember that. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, man, fake news, guys, fake news. God damn it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Joel uh, sent it to me. Uh, this Morel Macarnassi on uh, uh, MTGO uh, posted up a sweet blue black uh, tempo deck, kind of like what we talked about on the episode, Pat Delver of Secrets, mm-hmm. uh, Vantress Gargoyle, Bra- uh, Brazen Borrower, Gurmag Angler, and then like. Thought scours. It's just a sweet list. Maybe we'll uh, talk about it on a future episode. See if it p- puts up some more results. Uh, so far, it looks like two people have uh, five owed with it. Nice. So, um, yeah, it's just sweet. Uh, I just say, yeah, shout out to Joel for uh, sending this my way because I I don't pour over the t- five O lists every weekend, so I definitely would have missed this. Very nice. Any poops? Uh, poops. I'm gonna poop on uh, boomers. Fuck them. <laughs> Except any of our listeners. <laughs> if, if you're actually a boomer, <laughs> listen to us. <laughs> Not you. You're cool, man. Just those leaf yeah. blowers. Yeah, the one, the one boomer. 
those one boomer who accidentally downloaded this podcast thinking it was like a Christian about like like a Christian podcast. I, I feel I, when I used to. I, I if you search iTunes, if, it's mostly someone... Christian podcasts with, with the keyword legacy. Honestly, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong you're... with that. I'm just saying it's not. That's not what uh, we're about. If you're someone who plays Magic, you you are exempt from the boomer category. Like it's it's Yay. young and hard at that point. So <laughs> I thought. So aww. <laughs> I'm moving the goalposts. All right. Hey, hey, that's a very that's a that's a very uh, millennial move there, Jerry. Good job. <laughs> Hey, uh, all right, uh, Eric, how about you? Who do you want to scoop into top eight this week? So I actually got three clusters of scoops. Is that cool? Love it. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Great. Triple Decker. Classic. Cool. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> and I'll, I'll make up for it by having no poops. <laughs> all right, my first one is to all the Puka team. We got Mitch, Chris, Cody, Skipper, Devin, and Jonathan. Those guys have been holding it down for so many years, just doing good work, like grinding to make things better and better. And I really appreciate it. I know the Puka community does too, so I just want to scoop them in and say thanks. Nice. Uh, next up, I want to scoop in Rich Shea and Brian DeMars for helping out with the Eric's Crab Shack build. Uh, we're in a uh, a chat group called the Fastbond Fan Club, and they have listened to me incessantly pestering them with you know ideas of retreat to Hegra- Hagara and Hedron Crab. So yeah, props to them for being the sounding board throughout this whole process. Uh, yeah, and then my last one is just to deck builders, to brewers. You know, I, it, it's actually pretty funny, I, and I think this is actually something we need to try to like avoid in the in the magic community. Sometimes brewers get a bad rap, you know. Like you hear people griping on Twitter or something, like, "Oh God, I had to play against this like rogue deck, and he got me being out because I wasn't prepared for him." It's like, you know. That guy, whoever you're talking about, that guy is grinding to try to put another deck into the format you love. And, you know, if there's one thing that I have, I I know that all Magic players love, it's when, like, hot new tech, like, splashes on the scene. Like, that is exciting. It's a cool moment, and, like, everyone loves to see, like, the new Brazen Borrower deck that Mm -hmm. that all of a sudden 5-0'd. And, you know, it's it's an exciting, awesome thing that should be encouraged. you know, so much of magic in general is failure. You know, I, I often think that like playing magic is actually just like an exercise in how to deal with failure gracefully. Mm-hmm. And that's like certainly true in the process of deck building. Like so much of it is mitigating your failures and trying to account for them by, you know, changing ratios of cards and introducing new ones into a build that you're working on. And, you know, it can be really Sometimes it's it, it's very often really rewarding, but it's also very often kind of like frustrating and mm-hmm. you can get down on yourself a little bit. So I want to say props to everyone out there who's grinding on new concepts that they're excited about that are not necessarily like established quite yet, uh, because one day those will be tier one and the entire community will be happy about it. Nice. I love it. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, Eric, if someone wants to get a hold of you, can they find you on Twitter or are you on Facebook or do you yeah, yeah, the you deck can... or whatever? Yeah, if you want to ask me about the deck, hit me up uh, at Samurai Fun. I pretty much only tweet about um, that deck. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you want, if you want to see uh, images of crabs fighting each other with lightsabers, you can go ahead and give me a follow. Love it, awesome. All right, well, that sounds great. Um, thanks so much for coming on, man. It was great to have you. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me, guys. It was great to be back. Absolutely. Yeah, and, uh, we, we so won't much. we won't do another three year gap in between episodes with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we will get, see you guys at the open on October twenty sixth. Make sure to come on down to uh, to gaming, etc. I know people are traveling from all over North America to come visit us, which is awesome. Oh. 
Oh, and also, I don't think we mentioned it too. If you can't come on down, tune into the stream. That's right, because we're going to be streaming it all day That's long. That's right. Uh, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, despite my better judgment, we will not end the stream at any point during the day. Uh, you can visit us. Uh, pay, uh, what is it? Leaving Legacy. Twitch dot com slash Leaving a Legacy. It should be awesome. Sweet. Awesome. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening, and we'll catch you all next week. Excellent. What? What? Easy. <laughs> I was literally humming it to myself on the way home from class. The worst of that guy's going to the background. Box Oh, that's sick. <laughs>